Welcome to the C3 Church Noosa podcast. Stay tuned for this week's message. The title of my message today is Building Strong Relationships. And, uh, you know, I, I, as I was thinking about this message, and if you're taking notes, please do, believe, whether it's in your phone, it's on a bit of paper, you remember more, you retain more when you take notes. And if you get one thing out of any message, just, just apply that one thing to your world and it will help you and bless you. But uh, I was thinking about Joel and Felicity as I'm, as I'm preparing this message this week. And, I'm, you know, Joel, he turned 30 this week. I turned 30 this week. It's fantastic. <laughs> oh, Hazel, that's terrible. Actually, you know that's a lie because I put a bigger font on my iPad this week. So, you know, it's definitely not 30. It's closer to 40. In fact, one of my great friends, Fraser Rowe, my best mate, he was telling everybody that I did turn 40 this week. I didn't turn 40. Oh, my gosh, my team's throwing me under the bus. It's just like, I turned 39. And uh, so, Jolie, we're like twins, mate, you and me. Except you can see a little better and hear a little better. Well, yeah, I want to talk about relationships. Actually, I've got my mother-in-law and my father-in-law here. Will you guys stand up? Brian and Annette. Anything that's good about Melissa and I, or especially Melissa, is from them. Brian wrote the message for this morning, so if it's no good, talk to him. If it's great... It was the way it was delivered, all right? Hey, uh, I want to talk about relationships. And I'd say one of the biggest issues in life, or the biggest issues we face in life, generally stem from the relationships we have. Uh, And so I want to talk about developing relationships that are robust and can handle some adversity, some varying opinions, some different personality types. Because God calls us all to get along. He says, you know, get along with people in life. Love on people. And, and really, the, a lot of the issues we face stem from the fact that we have relationships that are a little funky, perhaps. Uh, we hold on to things and, that we should let go of. We don't forgive when we should. We, do you know what I mean? So I want to talk this morning about building strong relationships. And, and I did a little bit of research this week, and it, research has shown that healthy relationships are a vital component of your personal health and well-being. So we need healthy relationships to be healthy ourselves. When we have dysfunctional and, and relationships that, where there's disunity, we ourselves suffer as a result. And so I was looking at this research, and it showed that strong relationships contribute to a long, healthy, and happy life. But on the flip side, the health risks associated with isolation are comparable to those associated with cigarette smoking, blood pressure, and obesity. So, so we go, oh, well, I shouldn't do this, and I shouldn't do this, and I shouldn't do this, but I'm going to hate on that person. I'm not going to forgive that person. I've, I've got an issue with this person for something they did 30 years ago. There are the same associated risks to your health with that kind of living as it is with substance abuse or any other thing. Wow. It's the, you know, this was interesting to me. Healthy relationships help you. Healthy relationships are going to help, they're going to help you live longer. A study, a, 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 a review of 148 studies found that people with strong social relationships are 50% less likely to die prematurely. Just by having strong social relationships, just by allowing yourself to be knitted into a community and to, to bounce with people. And, and, and you know, I, I got people that are so totally different to me, they're polar opposite to me, and we live in fantastic relationship, and it's a blessing to my world. It's easy. I don't like, well, my wife, there's a little bit of friction at times, but you know what? You can't have fire without friction. Hey, a little rubbing every now and then, and then, you, you know, anybody else? Nobody else? Okay. Healthy relationships deal, help you deal with stress better. 
Um, the support offered by a caring friend can provide a buffer against the effects of stress. When I've got somebody that can say, don't, don't sweat it, don't worry about it, let it go. It helps me deal with the stress that's coming at me. And every single one of us feel, face stressful situations every day. Yeah? Um, it can help you be healthier. According to research by psychologist Sheldon Cohen, college students who reported having strong relationships were half as likely to catch a common cold when exposed to a virus. This is awesome. This is just going, I like you. I'm going to get along with you. I'm going to smile at you. I'm going to... And I do. I like you guys. That's awesome. It can help you feel richer or be richer in life. A survey by the National Bureau of Economic Research of 5,000 people found that doubling your group of friends has the same effect on your well-being as a 50% income, um, um, increase in your income. Just by being friendly. And this is a little tip from the pastor this morning. If you want friends, be friendly. That's it. How profound is that? If you want friends, if you want people in your world, be friendly. And you're going to feel 50% richer. I could do with a pay rise. I'm just going to smile. I'm just going to be friendly. Is it, come on, let's just get practical this morning. I want to help your world. This is, God's brought us together as a community, and in community, we've got to get on. Though we're so vastly different, each of us needs to get on so we can grow together. Amen? Um, you know, on the flip side of that, again, if, if you don't have strong um, social connections, uh, there, there's a whole lot of, um, or a number of health consequences, such as depression. A 2012 study of breast cancer patients found that those with fewer satisfying social connections experience higher levels of depression, pain, and fatigue. They're in the exact same situation as the next woman, but just because they're not, connect or because they're not connected socially or are in loving relationships, they feel more fatigue, more pain, and more anxiety in the same situation. Unbelievable. Um, there's decreased immune function. Uh, and let me read this, and then, then I'll get into the preaching. According to psychiatrists, um, social alienation is an inve inevitable result of contemporary society's preoccupation with materialism and frantic busyness. What I have and, and the pace of my life, how fast life's going. Come on, I've got to do this, I've got to do this. I'm loving on you, got to go. I've got to... Life's busy. We've got to slow down a little. You know where it says, be still and know that I am God? God wants you to slow, he wants you to find a pace and a rhythm for, in life that's healthy for you. It's done in social connection and in community. And it says this, their research supports the idea that a lack of relationships can multiply problems with physical, emotional, and spiritual health. When I don't have friends in my world, when I'm not part of community, um, I, I have these things that pop up in my life as a result. In Matthew 28, verses 18 and 20, it says this, and this is Jesus speaking. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me, therefore go and make disciples. I'm the saviour, I'm the messiah, all authority in life, in, on heaven and on earth belongs to me. Go and live in community. Go and gather people to yourselves and lead them in my ways and do life together. That's the chichi paraphrase. That's my version, is, is I, I'm the king. I'm the king of kings, I'm the Lord of Lord. All authority is mine. Go and do life together. But so often we want to do life our way and we want to do what we want and get what we need. But he's saying, forget that. Go and live in community. Go and build strong relationships. Go and love on people and include them into your world. You know, it's, it's really easy to get to a point where you feel like, I've got enough friends in my world. My life's complete. I'm all right. I don't need any more. Can I encourage you this morning? Your life is not about you. 
the gift of life given to you is not for you, it's for everybody else that comes into you know, your, your presence. God wants you to be the gift to everybody that you meet. Now, not everybody you meet is going to join your community, but those that are meant to, we should go after. There, there are people, there are God-ordained encounters that, we're, that, that are, we have that we need to cherish and we need to sow into. Like I think of a Joel and Felicity, and I think that, that was God. God brought us together to bring us into community, to build a strong relationship. And it, it hasn't been rosy. It's been rosy. It hasn't all been rosy. It's, you know, this, I'm just going from Joel's words over here. It's, it was fantastic, but it's hard. It's, there's been some tough moments that you've got to walk through, but you stay in relationship because of the cause. It's because God called us together to do a work. Amen? And uh, I, I'm convinced that the Christian life can't be lived in isolation. You can't live because it, it goes against everything that God's calling us to. Go and make disciples. Don't stay and live by yourself. Go and live in community. And, you know, when Melissa and I came here, our aim has been to establish and build a community of like-minded individuals who are vastly different but cause-oriented. We're here because the name of Jesus is to be lifted up on the Sunshine Coast. Amen? Amen. And our desire is to see people connected into real relationships that both shape and bless their lives. That's, that's what we want from this. We want to see you blessed. We want to see you live your best life. And we want to see you guided of God into the future that he has for you. And uh, we, we've got a pathway here at C3 that we believe can enable this to happen. So, Benny, can we put this up? I just want to let you have a look. If you're wondering, do you have a pathway for my life? Do you, do you think about my future? Yes, we do. And th- this is what it would be. The first thing is to connect. We would love you to connect in into strong relationships in the life of the church. They're not going to be the only relationships you have in life, but we want you to be able to sow yourself into the house of God. And from that, we believe you'll grow. We, th- there's growth that takes place in the house of God, under the hand of God, and in connection and relationship and from that that you would find a place to serve do you know i believe that there is a place in the house of god for every single person to serve there's giftings talents and anointings laying dormant on the inside of each and every one of your lives that god wants to draw out and i believe as we serve in the house as we we greet as we're an usher as we're playing and and using our gifts as we're serving in kids whatever it may be um, i i feel like your the heart of a person gets knitted to the cause when they're serving in the, in the life of the cause, if that makes sense. And from there that you'd lead. Go and make disciples. A disciple makes disciples. A leader leads people into the presence of God, into the community of the church. And, and then what do you do from there? Well, then you just connect again. And you, you help others to connect. And then from there that they grow. And then they become servants in the house of God. Then they get to lead. And then what happens from there? Well, then, then it just keeps going. It just keeps going. It says, I will build my house and the gates of hell will not, I'll build my church, that God is building his church, and we, we see this as a, as a pathway that can facilitate God doing what he does in our lives and in our midst, amen? And uh, I, I'm, I'm convinced, and there's a, there's a great quote that says, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. Show me the people that are around your world. Show me the people that you're doing life with, that you're spending time with, and, and I'll show you your future. And, uh, you know, there's, there's a great saying, and I'm testament to this, that it's, it's not what you know, but it's who you know. Life works because of relationships. Life works because of strong relationships. You know, you get out of certain situations because of the relationships you have. You're benefited in life because of the strong relationships you build and form in life. Uh, And, you know, it says this in Genesis 2, uh, verse 18. It says, 
Then the Lord God said, it is not good for man to be alone. I will make a helper who is just right for him. It's not good that man be alone. It's not good that man live in isolation. I'm going to create a helper for him that he can do life with. Down in verse 21, it says, So the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep, and while the man slept, the the Lord God took out one of the man's ribs and closed up the opening. Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib, and he brought her to the man. At last, the man exclaimed, This one is born from my bone and flesh from my flesh. She will be called woman because she was taken from man. This explains why a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife, and the two are united into one. We're designed from the very beginning to live connected to live in relationship, to live in community. Uh, And and I love this, that um, Adam's initial response of being presented, his wife was, at last, at last, I needed this. This is good, at last. He's been doing life with the giraffes and the zebras and everything else, the hippos, you you know. At last, there's somebody I can sit with. There's somebody... I can talk with. There's somebody I can do life with. We can walk together. We can hang together. We can work through stuff at last. Can I encourage you? There's God relationships in your world that you need to look after, that you need to nurture, that you need to invest into. And and in that place, there will be the at last. I don't know that there's anything better than finding that person or that group of friends, that community. I, I hope that this church is that at last for you. When you walk through those doors, there's a smile that greets you. There's somebody that hugs you. There's somebody that says, it's great to see you again. I'm glad you're here at last. And, and there's, a, there's a relief and a release that comes with that, that you know what? I'm not walking through life alone. I'm not facing my challenges alone. I can, you know, I'm not celebrating on my own. What a shallow victory it is when you've got nobody to share it with. God is calling us into that place where at last... And he was excited. And um, I want to encourage you that through that path, we, we have a whole lot of connect groups in the life of church. If you're feeling disconnected, if you're feeling like, who is the community I'm meant to find myself? We've got connect groups with like-minded people in life, demographics and stages of life that we want to help you get into so that we can grow those and, and, and just, you know, create that ever-increasing culture. Um, and it helps in every area of life. It says in Proverbs 27, it says, As iron sharpens iron, so a man sharpens the countenance of his friend. People help you do life well. I don't know that we can do life well living in isolation. You know, Proverbs 18 verse 1 says, A man who isolates himself seeks his own desires and he rages against all wise judgment. There's things that I think are good and that I should do and everyone goes, What the heck are you doing there? That's ridiculous. That won't benefit you. That will hurt you. Don't do that. Do this. I only get that in relationship and in community. Uh, but given to my own, you know, left to my own devices, that's what I'll end up doing and I'll bring hurt and destruction to my world instead of life and growth. You know, and it says in Acts 2, it says, uh, starting in verse 1, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord and in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues of fire that sat on each of them. They were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. At the very beginning of the church, the Holy Spirit, the empowerment of God fell on a unified body of people that had one mind and one accord. They were focused on the same thing, believing the same thing. They were unified. They were were connected together. They were in community and the power of God fell. God falls on a unified people. That though we're different, 
though we think differently, though we do different things and we've got different makeups, we believe the same thing. We walk in the same direction. God empowers that. And, uh, you know, I want to I look and, and, and bring a little bit from, from Ephesians this morning. In Ephesians 4, starting in verse 1, it says this. It says, Therefore I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling, for you have been called by God. If you wonder whether you're called of God, I want to tell you this morning, every, each and every one of you has been called of God. And, and there's a way that we can live within the calling of God for our lives. It says, always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other, making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the Spirit, binding yourselves together with peace, for there's one body and one Spirit, just as you've been called to one glorious hope for the future. Uh, there is one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, and Father of all, who is over all and living in and through all. Down to verse 14, it says, then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so, so clever they sound like the truth. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of the body, the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly as each part does its own special work. It helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. I love this. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. We're all different, but God makes us fit together perfectly. And you can walk into a place and go, don't know that I relate, don't know that I relate, don't know that I relate, different, different, different. God goes, no, no, I'm going to make the whole body fit together perfectly so there's growth. Whatever grows is healthy. Wherever there's health, there's growth. Wherever there's, there's disease and disunity, there's, there's death. But God wants to build the house. God wants to build your life. He wants to knit you together. And like I was saying, some of my closest relationships, some of my closest friends are so different to me. Melissa goes, you're not deep, they're very deep. You're not this, they're very that. And, but, and, but God just knits you together. God just makes it work. And, and I, can, I can not see one of these people for a year, and, and the second we're back together, it's like we never were apart. We were connected and knitted, and we've got one heart and one mind. We think the same thing, and we choose to get along with each other. We choose to walk in that place of connection. And so I was thinking, what, what does a life worthy of God's calling look like? Just from this piece of Scripture, humility, gentleness, patience, graciousness, Love, unity, peacemaking. And all of these, take, these actions take place in the context of relationship. You don't have to be a peacemaker when you're by yourself. You don't have to be gracious when you're by yourself. You don't have to live in love or unity by yourself. These actions that God is saying, live worthy of the calling that I have placed upon your life, they all outwork themselves in the context of relationship. We're called to get on with each other. We're called to get on with those we meet in the community. Not be judgmental, not to, not to have an opinion, to love. I was reading a quote by Billy Graham this morning. It says, it's the Holy Spirit's job to convict, it's God's um, job to judge, and it's my job to love. It's our job to love. That's the only thing you have. Can I release some pressure from you today? You don't have to be judged. You don't have to have an opinion. You don't have to slander anyone. You don't have to backbite. You don't have to pull any. The only thing you have to do is love every person you come in contact with. You may not like them. You may not walk closely with them, but God's calling you to love them. Amen? Come on, can, can we give God a hand clap this morning? You know, verse, verse 14, then we will no longer be immature like children. When we live like this, we grow. 
We move forward in life. We move on in life. We move to what God has for us. And this scripture really is a call for us to get along. Uh, It's a call to not walk away when things get tough. Life gets tough. Life gets tricky. Life gets messy. This scripture right here is going, let's leave the immature ways. Let's move forward into maturity and let's not give up on each other. Let's not give up on the relationships that have been brought into our world, the connections that God has brought for us. Let's keep investing in those things, working through whatever we may face and getting to the other side. It's It's a call to build each other up in love. And you know what? In the place of connection, the devil knows that he's beaten. The devil knows that he's beaten when there's connected hearts, when he can't separate through dissension or, or disunity or, or any other thing. He knows he's defeated. And, and the church is stronger. The church grows when we're connected together, loving on each other, having fun along the way. Let me give you four reasons why we need to connect with each other. And the first one is to grow. So in Ephesians 4, verse 15, it says, But speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things in him who is the head of the body. The fight to grow is the fight to stay connected. If you want to grow in life, you need to stay connected. You've got to fight for connections that are in your world that God brings across your path. And that's always where the battle is. But the devil knows if he can isolate you, he can disconnect you. You know, in Ephesians where it says, uh, sorry, not in Ephesians, in Ezekiel where it says, the hand of the Lord came upon me, the Spirit of God took me, and he showed me a great valley of bones. And he said, the Son of Man, can these bones live? And he says, oh God, you know it, you alone know. There was disconnection, there was death. When we isolate ourselves, you know, a lion hunting in, in the, its prey doesn't go after the strongest. He doesn't run for the center of the prey, he, he, of the, of the um, group of animals. What he does is he looks for the weak. He looks for the disconnected. He looks for those that are lagging behind, and he goes after them. The Bible says, be self-controlled and alert because the devil, your adversary, roams around looking for whom he may devour. When we stay connected, the devil can't get us. When we stay in community, the devil can't take us out. We're not that weak, lame, out to the back. We're all varying sizes. We're all varying shapes. We're all varying fitness levels and health levels in life and social you know, levels. All the... When we stay connected, we are strengthened. We are better together. That's our, we are better together. I'm better because of Melissa. I'm better because of just. I'm better because of the connections we have here. My life is enriched, strengthened, and I grow because of the connection that we all have. And, um, you know, can I encourage you to find points of agreement with anyone you meet, not points of disagreement? Any person you meet. You may be so different. To, can I encourage you to find one point of agreement? It's easy to disagree. It's easy to have a varying opinion. It's easy to go, you know what, you're not like me. I'm out of here. But can I tell you, disagreeable people are hard work. Disagreeable people make life just drag and go a whole lot slower. And there's not as much joy in it. Find points of agreement. And and maybe hair color. Man, I love your hair color. It's the same as mine. It's awesome. Hey, the water was great this morning. You've just been for a swim. Somebody's telling you, you know, I've, I've literally seen even Pastor Phil in a situation where somebody's telling them how much they dislike him and he's turning it around saying how much he likes them. Just finding a point of agreement with a person and it disarms them and defenses go down. And it's like, I don't want to do life every day fighting. I don't want life to be a drag. I don't want every single situation I find myself in, I'm angry and I'm wound up and I, I want to be, I just want to be at peace. I want to be able to go through life helping people, enjoying the journey, and coming out the other side going, that was awesome. That was fantastic. Let's do it, let's do it again tomorrow. Because otherwise it's just hard work. 
Otherwise, I wake up angry. I go to sleep angry. I wake up with thoughts of, oh, I dislike that person. I dislike this situation. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do that. The church has been known for so long by what they're against. I want to, I want to be known for what we're for. I want the church in Noosa to be known what we're, we're for people. We're for loving on people. We're for being a blessing. We're for getting along. We're for being agreeable. We're for having fun in life and enjoying the journey. Amen? That's what I want to be known for. I don't want to be known as that, that guy that, that always has an issue with somebody, always has an opinion about somebody and always has something to say. I'm not that important. You're not that important. You have an opinion, but you're not that important. <laughs> at, at the end of the day, God says, go and make disciples. Go and love on people. Go and, go and be a bright shining light in the community you find yourself in. Amen. So at the end of the sermon, I'm not going to ask you if you're coming to church next week. I'm going to ask you who you're bringing. Because it shouldn't be a question. Oh, it's Father's Day. That's right. But it shouldn't be a question. You know what? I'm part of a community. I'm, I'm connected in. This is my house. This is where I get fueled up. This is where I get fired up. So I'm not asking you, are you coming next week? I'm asking who you're bringing. Who, who are you going to pray for this week? Who are you going to believe for? Who are you going to be a blessing to this week and invite them to church next week because they need to be in a relationship with Jesus? Amen? We'll leave that one there. John 15 says, If you abide in me and I in you, you'll, you'll bear much fruit. You'll, you'll, when the body starts to work together, it grows. The second thing is to make us more effective. Is this helping anybody? Yeah. We're all right. We're good. We're taking notes. Ephesians 4.16 says, From whom the whole body, joined and knit together by what every joint supplies, according to the effective work by which every part does its share, causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. Every, every part doing its share. Every part doing its share. You know, before we had to serve, there was a part there to serve. When every part comes in and gets connected and grows and then starts to serve, when every part does its share, we grow. We grow together as a body. And, and I love that. Um, Every part doing its share to me represents synergy, being in sync, there being a flow in life. And when that happens, life is effortless. Life works. When I can agree, when I can get along, when I can live in community, though we're different and we think differently and, and look at life differently, though, though we have, the, it's effortless and life works. And, and, you know, the longer you live, the more you want life to be a flow, and be effortless. And um, like I said before, I've got friends in my world that just make life that much more enjoyable. And can I encourage you, you can be that friend for somebody. You can be that friend for a person that makes life work and makes life effortless. Who is that person? Who, is, who are those people that God's calling you to be that friend to? Because I want to encourage you in that this morning. So we think that We've got to be a street corner evangelist. We have to, God just says, no, I'm going to bring people across your path that I want you to love on. I've got people that I'm going to bring across your path that I want you to accept, that I want you to bless, that I want you to in, encourage and build up. And I tell you, you reap what you sow. I, I, I I've regularly, this afternoon, we finish at 11.30, by 12, at about 12.15, my friend from Adelaide will call me. How'd you go, mate? How was service? I bet it was good. I bet the worship was good. I bet, you know, I bet there was tons of new smiling faces and he's encouraging me. Why does that happen? I do that to about 10 other people. I, ring every, I leave here and I start ringing people. How was your service, mate? How, how, you went out for dinner last night. How was that? I'm encouraging people. I'm building people up. I want to invest into other people's well-being and their future. And I tell you, the payback for me, I feel like I'm energized. I feel like I'm on fire. and I'm, it, Life works. Let me encourage you to do that. You think about a person, text them, ring them, email them, do something that lets them know you're thinking about them. Amen? Amen. Amen. Um, do life with your connect group. 
You know, it says Hebrews 10, 24, let us not give up meeting together. Um, And like I said before, this is a, a power that the devil can't stand against. The devil can't stand against groups of Christians, groups of believers who are, who are purposed and are focused and moving forward in life. He can't stand against that. He can't stop you. He can't take you out. You know, we're not of those that shrink back. We're of those we're over that press forward unto salvation. We're, we're pressing forward in life. Um, Leviticus, Leviticus 26 says this, uh, five of you will chase a hundred. One can, you know, another scripture, one can set a thousand to flight, two can set 10,000. We're better together. We're better connected together. Um, the third thing would, I would say is it increases our power. Community, connection, commonality, you know, it, it increases our power. Matthew 18, 19 says, Again, I say to you, if two of you agree on anything on earth concerning anything that you ask, it will be done for you by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there in the midst of them. What are you going through? What are you facing Get two or three people that will stand with you in a grants. Two or three friends in your world that you can, through hell and high water, you can make mistakes, you can succeed greatly, they will stand with you. They will be with you. They'll be rock solid around you. They won't judge you. Or Who, who are those people? Nothing is impossible in that situation. Ask anything and it will be done. Where two or three are gathered in mind, there I am. I, I will make these things happen. And I love that because that's a promise of God for your life. Just get a few people in your world. Don't do life isolated. Don't do life on your own. Do it together. Do it connected. Do it with loving, strong relationships. You know, in John it says this. John 17 says, I do not pray for these alone, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they may all be one as you, Father, are in me and I are in you, that they may also be one in us, that the world may believe that you sent me, and the glory which you gave to me I have given to them, that they, that they may be one just as we are one so that the world may see me. The world sees Christ as they see our connection. See, we're going, we're the church. You need Jesus. You need to be in here. They go, but you don't like each other. You don't get on with each other. You, don't, you just come together and then you go, but why, why do we want to be a part of the, the world will see Christ when they see our love for each other, when they see our connectedness, when they go, you know what, man, you guys, gen- you, you genuinely do like each other. You genuinely have fun together. Now, you've got your own separate lives and you do what you do, but the world will see Jesus when they see that we appreciate each other, where we honor each other, where we live, worthy of the calling that God has placed upon our lives, gentleness, humility, love, appreciation, non-judgment. Amen? That's when the world will see. We, we, very, we, we ha- don't even have to open our mouths. St. Francis of Assisi said, preach the word of God in and out of season. Every opportunity you, you find yourself with the ability to preach the word of God and where necessary, use words. It should be our lives. It should be our actions. It should be the joy that we're filled with pouring out upon every other person that we meet that shows them Jesus Christ. Um, you know, in, in Matthew 5, 23, it says, So if you're presenting a sacrifice at the altar in the temple and you suddenly remember that someone has something against you, leave your sacrifice there at the altar, go and be reconciled to that person, then come and offer your sacrifice to God. This is how highly God you know, desires unity. If you're coming to make a sacrifice to me, if you're coming to bring an offering into the house of God, but you've got something against someone or someone's got something against you, leave that there. That's not as important as getting into a place of reconciliation. Getting, see, see it's, it's hard to say sorry. It's hard to forgive, but it's necessary if life's going to work. If we're to have strong relations, it's, it's swallow some pride, I messed up, I'm sorry. 
And all that proves is that you're human. All that proves is that you're not God. You know, and the more you do it, the easier it gets. I messed up. I made a mistake. I'm sorry. And you know what happens? Then forgiveness is extended. And then life works. There's reconciliation that takes place and you move forward. Um, This unity disempowers you and disempowers those around you. You know, but I love what the scripture says. How good and pleasant it is when brothers dwell together in unity. There the Lord commands a blessing. How good and pleasant it is. And I, and I, was, I was reading the other day that a draft horse can pull 1,500 pounds of weight individually. But coupled together, where there's just two, now it can carry 4,500 pounds of weight. There's a multiplication. See, your future is linked to the people in your world to the strong connections and relationships that you have, you won't achieve all that God has for you to achieve on your own. God is calling there's a, there's, He says, I've got plans and I've got purposes for your life. Part of those plans and purposes for your life are community and others that you're going to do life with that are going to help you get there. Amen? Fourth thing, we'll finish with this. I might get the band to come back, is God dwells in strong relationships. Why do we need to do community? Why do we need to form strong relationships? God is there right at the center of these relationships. Um, you know, Ephesians 2, it says, in whom you also are being built together for a dwelling place of God in the spirit. When we're built together, to be- we become a dwelling place for God. When we, when we work together, when we do life together, you know, we, I could stand in the presence of God by myself, but God says, now, now I want to do that with community. I want to do that together. You know, and, and I was thinking through this, that together we provide the address for God on earth. Together. When we come together and worship, when we come together and praise, when we come together and agree with each other, we, we create. That's the church. The church isn't the bricks and the mortar. The church is hearts united. With common vision and common purpose going, you know what? I, I'm choosing to look beyond myself, look beyond my own situation, and I'm going to look to benefit and bless others. That's what I want to do. Healthy relationships established in love draw us closer to God. You know, when I'm strong but you're not, and I'm, I'm worshipping and I'm staying in the presence of God, I can help you get into the presence of God. When you're strong and I'm not, you can do the same for me. There are people that live in isolation and they can't see a way out. They can't. Can I encourage you? Go away this afternoon and pray, God, who, is the, who are those people that I may have missed that you've brought across my path? Who are those people that you want me to love on? Who are those people that you want me to invest into? God, I want to speak life. I want to speak hope. I want to speak future. See, because the Spirit of God upon you is for other people. God's goodness in your world is for other. God just wants this flow to be created through your life where he blesses your world and he brings peace and he, he, he does what he does in your life, but it's, it's to flow through you, not just to rest. And I want to encourage you in that. You know, too often we disconnect from people because we've, we've been hurt, we've been offended, we kind of connected initially for the wrong reasons anyway. But I want to encourage you, don't disconnect. L- let your heart be knitted clo- to, to God's and to people's. B- be that person that can be a friend to those that may not have many. So, you know, some people are, th- they've got no friends, but you can break through that hard exterior of their world to be the friend they need to help them in life. I'm hearing of so many people right now that are walking just a tough journey of isolation and depression and fear and not feeling like they can see a future. I tell you what, come, come and stand by me. I'll show you your future. Come and walk a journey with me and, and I'll carry you. You're right. 
I've got no drama with that. I'm going to be the eyes to your future until you can get your own. Until you can see for yourself, I'm going to encourage you. I'm going to, that's what the church of Christ is. That's what we're called to be. Salt and light, leaving our place. This is just our place of empowerment. Now we're going out to make disciples. This week, I'm going out actively looking for somebody's life that I can bless. Somebody's life that I can, you know, be a blessing in. Amen? That's what the church is. We're not just here to be a bless me club. We're not here just to get. You are going to get. You are going to be blessed. Now go and let it flow. Go and, go and let it be given to every person that you meet. Amen? Sometimes we need to take risks in life and trust people. You may, you may not connect with people because you don't trust them. Trust is spelled R-I-S-K. Take a risk. Somebody took a risk with me and loved on me and welcomed me in to a circle. Let's, let's not make it hard for people to break into our worlds. Let's invite people in. I mean, why don't we stand to our feet? We're going to pray. Life's too short to live angry, upset, disappointed, feeling like you're a failure. Can I encourage you? Shake it off today. Let it go. Let it go. There's people that have hurt you. Forgive them. And, and I'm not d- downplaying how hard that may be. Forgive them. Because holding on to that forgiveness, ultimately, that unforgiveness, ultimately, the fear of forgiving is holding on to you. You're weighed down and burdened by a thing that the person you're holding it against may not even think about any longer. Let it go. Because when we do, we create that flow for God to enter into our situation and circumstance. Amen. Why don't we lift our hands, close our eyes. Father, we love you. God, I pray that this word will have effect this week in people's lives, that we would see, Lord God, that you are going to bless us, but that's not, the, that's not the reason we do life and community as Christians. We exist to be a blessing where we're found. Lord, I pray this week that you would cause every single person in this room to have an opportunity to speak of your love, to demonstrate your love, to be a blessing where they're found. Lord, I thank you for every person that stands before me that, God, you would open heaven over their world. And for any issues, challenges, strifes that they're facing right now, Lord, that you will come in in the middle of that. You will bring peace. You will bring answers. There'll be breakthrough. There'll be deliverance. There'll be freedom in Jesus' mighty and wonderful name. Can we give God a mighty hand clap this morning? Thanks for listening to the C3 Church Noosa podcast. Visit us online at c3noosa.org.